Awesome, awesome. Let's, <laughs> that's right, that's right, he'll take it. All right, let's bow our heads and pray. Jesus, you are so good. Mm. You are so good. Lord, we just take a moment to quiet ourselves before you. Mm. And we ask you to speak. Lord, we ask you to speak, God. We thank you for your word, that it is Jesus. <laughs> you are the word. We thank you. It is your voice to us today. It gives us wisdom, direction, insight, revelation. God, I pray today that you would teach us from your word. God, I pray that you would bring conviction where we need to be convicted. I pray that you would open our eyes to what needs to be open, open our ears to what we need to hear. And God, most importantly, Lord, would you give us a heart? Would you give us a heart, Lord Jesus, that's willing to be obedient, to go where you go, to, to stay where you stay, to move when you want us to move, to be quiet when you want us to be quiet, to speak when you want us to speak. God, that you would have us all. We thank you for your word. It's powerful and active. And, Lord, let it accomplish what it sets out to do. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So we have been on a fun sermon series. This is really, I believe, a word. This, this series, as a teaching series, is really from the Lord. Um, the Lord put this on Pastor Joshua's heart months ago. He said, man, I want to do a series on holiness. He's like, the church, does, the church isn't getting this part right anymore. And I feel like it's so important for us to teach holiness. And so we prayed about it, and we came up with this name called Set Apart. Because to be holy means to be set apart and to be consecrated and, and dedicated unto the Lord. And so um, we've had some good teachings on this. And if you've missed some of them, I encourage you to go back on YouTube and watch them. Pastor Earl at the Southfield campus has also had some great teachings on what it means to be holy today in our culture and in our generation. And today, I feel like this teaching, I've been chewing on this for about three weeks. It's something that I really feel the Lord um, downloaded to me, if you will. He really gave me this word. And it's something that I believe that we need to know. And it's holiness versus legalism. Can you say that with me? Holiness versus legalism. Mm. Anyone who has grown up in the church or maybe been a part of different um, kinds of churches, you've probably might have, especially if you've been in the church for a long time, experienced some of this and what legalism is. And I'm going to get into that in a minute, but I want to start with the verse that's in the Bible that talks about holiness. And it's found in 1 Peter 1, um, 15. And it says, but just as he called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. So God is holy. He has called us to be different than the world, to be set apart. And he's saying, now you be holy in all you do. So what is holiness? This is what, how I believe, and I got a lot of this from, from, um, from Dr. Brown. Um, if you want to go back and, and look at any of his stuff, Dr. Michael Brown, good stuff. But holiness is becoming like Jesus in thought, word, deed, heart, mind, and conduct. Amen. Holiness is sanctification, which means to be set apart and to be holy. And it's consecration, to be dedicated unto the Lord. Holiness, friends, it's something beautiful. It really is something beautiful. God is holy and he has called us to reflect his holiness to the world. And this is something that we see from the very beginning. It's, this is this theme of holiness truly is 
Um, it's all throughout the Bible. It's, it's weaved all throughout the Bible. And it's very beautiful. However, man likes to get a hold of things sometimes. And when I mean man, I don't mean like the man. I mean human beings, okay? <laughs> human beings like to get a hold of things sometimes. And we like to try to control it. And, 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 and when that happens, we get legalism. Legalism, it takes discernment, friends, to know the difference between holiness and legalism. A lot of times people are walking in legalism and they think they're walking in holiness. So let me just define to you today what legalism is and why it's wrong. Amen? <clears throat> legalism is rules without relationship. Come on, somebody. Mm. Pastor Josh always says, if you're going to give a correction to someone, you better make sure you have a connection with them. Right? And especially in our generation today, this is not the 80s anymore. Can't, your neighbors can't spank you anymore. It's just it's, it's, it's inappropriate these days, okay? You just, you know, I'm sorry. There's some families that are old school like that. But most, most parents, there's a reason they call them the, my generation and younger helicopter parents because most parents ain't having that. You ain't spanking my kid. You don't know my kid. Tell me I'll have his dad spank him because I'm not really good at spanking anymore. I used to be great with Shua, but uh, <laughs> you get a little softer with age, okay? Anyway, legalism, rules without relationship. You got to have that connection to have that correction, amen? Okay, it's, it's, it, 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 uh, it stresses, I use that, standards more than a savior, standards more than a savior, laws more than love. Come on, somebody say amen. Legalism restricts free choice and free will. It restricts your free will. Thank you. Somebody feel this. It's based on fear and character. It's characterized by joyless judgment. Oh, nobody likes that. I, I mean, like, can we just be like ill for just a second? Like ill. Like, have you ever felt like you just were judged? Oh, doesn't that feel like like, it's, when you feel like you've been judged on something, doesn't that like suck the joy out of you? And then some, right? It's like, it sucks the life out of you when you feel like you've just been judged. Ugh. Okay. The Bible says, you know, who are you to judge another man's servant? Ooh. <laughs> Let's leave that to the Lord, okay? Judgment's okay. Judgment, the Bible says judgment starts in the house of God. If it's done correctly, meaning judge yourself. Look at your own self, Right? I'm judging myself all the time. I'm like, oh, okay, Joy, not girl, you know you better than that. <laughs> Come on. All right. Legalism is man-made counterfeit of holiness. That one's Joy Hester. That's not Dr. Uh, Michael Brown. That's good, right? Come on. Legalism. Someone feel me is man-made counterfeit of holiness. Do you get that? Come on. It's not true holiness at all. To the unsaved person, the legalist preaches justification by works, saying you are a wicked sinner. You need to get rid of this and that. And, and, and <laughs> we, it, it doesn't preach the life-giving, life-saving blood of Jesus who washes us and makes us clean, that empowers us through the Holy Spirit to say no to sin and ungodliness. It doesn't preach that. Instead, it preaches rules, regulation, control, judgment. Okay? We got to get rid of legalism. Amen. Bye. Say bye legalism. Not in this house. Not in this church. We want freedom. We don't want oppression. Amen. Come on. Where Christ has set you free, you're free indeed. So before I get into the details of uh, 
the differences between holiness and legalism. I gave a little bit of a definition, but I'm going to get into the details of the differences. But before, I want to say one thing that they're alike in, okay? One thing that holiness and legalism is very much alike in is they're both positional and progressive. Ooh, look at those big P words. Say it with me. Positional and progressive. I'm going to explain that, okay? So holiness um, is positional in that when God sent Jesus to die on the cross for your sin and for my sin, when we accepted that sacrifice, his blood made us clean. He, we, as soon as we were saved and we accepted Jesus to live inside of us, it's the holiness of Christ that lives in us that positionally puts us in a position of holiness. Does that make sense? But it's progressive, and as the Bible says, we have to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. I like to explain it like this. Uh, I was saved when I accepted Jesus. I am being saved or sanctified, set apart, and made holy um, now, and I will be saved on the day of judgment. Does that make sense? So positional as in I accepted Jesus. He is my Savior, and the position I have in Christ is holiness because it's not about my works. It's not about my deeds. It's about what Jesus did. However, because of that great respect, awe, and love that I have for my Savior and my Lord, not just my Savior, but my Lord, my Master, I am walking out sanctification, which sets me apart from the world, makes me dedicated to God in holiness. So it's progressive. You understand me? Okay. So it's positional and progressive. Legalism in the New Testament is also positional and progressive. Legalism, well, it's, it's positioned in our flesh, and it progressively grows the more we feed it dead works and the more we feed our flesh. Now, you've heard me say before, feed what you love, meaning your spirit, man, the things of God. <laughs> Starve what you hate, meaning the things of the flesh. Legalism, well, the more you feed it, the more it grows. So it's, pos it's position in the flesh, but it progressively grows. It's like, a, like that green-eyed monster, right? The more you feed it, the more it gets bigger, the more it grows. So it also grows the more you feed it. The more you're like, oh, okay, well, I did this. God must love me more, and now I'm going to look down on someone else because I fasted bread and water those three days, and you didn't. Matter of fact, I'm going to tell you now, you need to fast bread and water if you're going to get closer to the Lord for three days. Now I'm taking what God gave me, my personal conviction, and I am putting legalism on you. Come on. It's, it is positioned in our flesh, and it is deceiving, okay? And the more we feed it, the more progressively it grows. Does that make sense? I'll give an example of legalism that's found in the New Testament, and that is the Pharisees. Have you ever, have you ever heard, don't be a Pharisee, or, or oh, the Pharisees were so bad? But this is the thing, friends. We are looking from hindsight, which is what? 2020 vision. The Pharisees did not look at themselves as bad, nor did the community around them look at them as bad. As a matter of fact, the Pharisees were the standard godly people of the time. They were, the, they were who people... Um, strive to be. However, the Pharisees got it wrong. Do you know that the word Pharisee actually means separated ones? Hmm, did you know that? 
I didn't know that until I studied. Pharisees, the word actually means separated ones. What is our sermon series called? Set apart. To be set apart, you have to be what? Separated. So the word Pharisees means separated ones. So they, they were saying we are going to be set apart. We are going to be the ideal Jews, godly people. People are going to look to us and, and see God through us. That was what they were supposed to be. They desired to be right with God. They desired to be holy, but their emphasis was on the flesh and on works and not on the spirit of God and grace. Woo. Jesus told them, you got it wrong because you don't know uh, the power of God or the spirit. Church, we really need to understand and have discernment. We have to have discernment and know the difference between holiness and legalism. And this is one reason why. Because if we don't realize Pharisees means separated ones. Guess what the New Testament Greek word for the church is? Ecclesia. And guess what that means? Called out ones. Very similar to separated ones, right? Called out. What's that mean? Set apart. Separated from the world. Distinct. Different. So if the Pharisees who were truly trying and seeking got it wrong and ended up putting the emphasis on their flesh and their good deeds instead of on God and his grace and his mercy, best believe, friends, the church can get it wrong too. And I love the church. I am not one to bash the church. Matter of fact, I get annoyed when people bash, bash the church because I understand we're imperfect people serving a perfect God. But you know what? Because I love the church enough, I can say, man, there's areas. You know what? You're right. We get it wrong in some areas. And this is an area that we get it wrong. I want to say if you have been hurt by the church because of legalistic people, I am sorry that you have gone through that. Truly, truly. But there is hope and there is healing. And it starts with understanding the truth, friends. It starts with teaching on this so that sometimes people don't even realize they're being legalistic. They think they're being holy because they need discernment. Amen? All right. That was my introduction. You guys ready? Now we're going to really talk about the difference between legalism and true holiness. Yeah, so now's the rest of the story. We're about to get into it. Number one difference between legalism and true holiness is it is an outward versus an inward change. Say that with me. Outward versus an inward change. Legalism is the outward change. True holiness is an inward change. And there is a big difference. Matthew 25 uh, 23, excuse me, 25 through 26, this is Jesus, and he says it like this. He says, woe to you, teachers of the law, and who? Pharisees, you hypocrites. Woo! How many times has the church been called a hypocrite, though? Come on now. That's a cuss word to me. That's like worse than the B word. Don't call me a hypocrite. <laughs> that's like, I'm like, oh, that's, uh, I'm just saying, I'm sorry, my inner hood sometimes comes out. That's like a really bad word, right? No Christian, no true Christian wants to be called a hypocrite, but Jesus Call the Pharisees and teachers of the law hypocrites. And this is why he said, you clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgences. Ooh, I'm, I'm taking a church history class right now. And uh, the whole reason the Protestant Reformation uh, happened was because of the Catholic church selling indulgences, which was basically trying to buy forgiveness for sins. Guess what? Good deeds. That's what it is. It's self-indulgences. And, and we have to be so careful not to fall into that. And then he says this, blind Pharisees first clean the inside of the cup and dish, and then the outside will also be clean. We want to clean the outside and think that the inside is going to do something. 
right? You guys have heard this example, but it's so good. I got to say it again. It's like teenagers doing dishes. You know what I'm saying? It might look sparkly on the outside, but you know, they didn't get in to that bit middle of the bowl before they put it in, in the uh, dishwasher. But they're like, it has, it's got all the oatmeal still on and the cereal things. They're like, well, I put it in the dishwasher. Bro, sis, like you got to clean that out first, right? That's how it is. When we are worried about what we look like on the outside, instead of letting God do a work on the inside, we're Pharisees. We're legalists. Ooh. Legalism is a self-set standard that men do with a, a, to attempt to please God, but it's outward only. Not only is it self-set and man-set, meaning that it's not only in ourselves, but we also put it on others too, right? And that's the part that's scary because I believe that I believe in self-discipline and self-control as a fruit of the Spirit. And if God tells you to do something, go for it. But there's, if it's not specifically in the Word of God, right, like a commandment or, or something in the, in the Word of God, if we're trying to put something on other people that God shared with us, my husband used to say it like this when I first got married. He said, you're not the Holy Spirit, Junior. <laughs> he really is nice, but, <laughs> you know, sometimes you got you, you to just say it how it is. And then he would say things, I'm like, you ain't the Holy Spirit, Junior. He's like, but I'm the priest of this home. I'm like, well, you know, technically, wives mean helpers, the same Greek word used for Holy Spirit. So don't get two, two, two pastors debating. We used to have fun. We haven't had that debate in, in, in probably a decade and a half, at least. But it was those early days, we, we had some, we, we're on the same team now. We have a common enemy, not, it's called the children. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> But seriously, friends, we have to be so careful because legalism focuses on the outside and holiness is a heart separated onto the Lord. It doesn't do things based on, ooh, will this look good in front of other people? It's because I want to please God. I want to, I want to be obedient to what the Spirit is leading me to do. That is what true holiness is. Another, <laughs> yes, Lord. Another example of the inward focus versus the outward focus, this is good, friends, is, I want, I want you to get this, get it? Okay, another example of the inward, or the outward focus instead of the inward focus, is outward focus, the Old Testament, and even in the beginning of the New Testament before Jesus on the cross, the focus was on the temple, the synagogue. It was, that was the holy place, the set-apart place, if you wanted to worship, people took pilgrimages and all this stuff to go to the temple to worship God. When Jesus died on the cross, there was a veil that was torn from the holy place to the holy of holy places that the priest could only go into one time a year if they went through all of their uh, rituals and was clean and, and purified and all that stuff. Okay, when that, when that veil torn, we know that Jesus says throughout the word and, and Paul explains throughout the word that now we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, and we can freely enter in. Matter of fact, Paul says it like this in 1 Corinthians 3, 16. He says, don't you realize that all of you together, meaning the church, the called out ones, Christians, all of you together are the temple of God, and the Spirit of God lives in you. So we believe it's important to come together and to fellowship, but it's not the, the church building that makes us holy. It's us together worshiping God. That, that We are the church, right? The church is the people, not the temple. That's the difference between outward and inward. Do you get that? Okay. So legalism focuses on the outward appearance, want to look good in front of other people. Holiness focuses on a true inward change. Amen. Okay. There's another thing. It's called bondage versus blessing. Legalism has bondage 
Holiness has blessing. So bondage versus blessing. I'm going to read Galatians 5, 4, and 6. It says, some of you are trying to be made right with God by obeying the law. You have been separated from Christ. We're supposed to be separated unto the Lord, not separated from the Lord. (laughs) Right? This is how sneaky legalism is. Y'all, we got to be careful with this stuff. You have been separated from Christ. You have fallen away from God's grace. Ooh. Fallen away from God's grace. But we long to be made completely holy because of our faith in Christ. Through the Holy Spirit, we wait for this in hope. In hope. Circumstance, excuse me, here we go. Though the Holy Spirit, we wait for this in hope. Verse 6. Circumcision and uncircumcision aren't worth anything to those who believe in Christ. Again, the Old Testament had a, a, a covenant that was on the what? Outside. It was circumcision. I mean, you see in the Bible, like, grown men having to do this to be a part of the community. So it was, it was an outward, it was an outward thing. But Jesus says, and it was prophesied even in, in the Old Testament that there's going to come a day that God is going to circumcise our hearts, cut away the things of the flesh, right? So... Here we go. It says circumcision, uncircumcision. They're not anything for those who believe in Christ. The only thing that really counts is faith that shows itself through love. Listen, friends, legalism produces bondage. When Josh and I first got saved, we didn't even realize it. We, we, were, we had a lot of legalism that was in the church at that time. I mean, stuff that we look at now and we say, oh, man, that was silly. Like, we was like, oh, I'm not going to eat Lucky Charms. It's, it says Lucky. And, and it's a leprechaun. And, and it has charms. Woo! <laughs> Like, I mean, we were like, seriously, like we were, we, we kind of fall into some weird stuff a little bit. We, we found a devil behind everything. Like we did because we were taught that way. You know what I mean? It's like, and there's some, there's some, there's some streams, um, in the church that's like, oh, to be holy, you must, uh, uh, and it's legalism. There's, but they're telling you to be holy. You can't wear lipstick. You can't, you, 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 you got to have long hair, uh, ladies and, and, and guys, you can't have long hair, even though, where do they really get that from? Because the Bible even talked, like Jewish people had beards and all kinds of, you know what I mean? But they're just making up rules. Like you got to wear a tie to church or God's not going to, you know, receive you. I mean, this is old school legalism. Okay. Some of you guys, some of you guys are lucky. You didn't, you may have, or I should say blessed my legalism in me. (laughs) But seriously though, some of you guys don't even know because you've only come into the uh, uh, relationship with Christ in the last decade or so. But I'm talking for those who grew up in this that have been saved longer than 20 years. I I see some of y'all shaking your heads. You know, it's like, it's it's some legalism. And my kids know from, from when they were younger, it was like, nope, you ain't watching no Disney princess. That got magic in it. (laughs) You want to be a princess? You can be a princess of God. And and listen, (laughs) And, and, and listen, it's okay if God really set, sets a conviction on you for that, for you and your household. But if you put that in other people and now you're looking down on them like, mm, sister so-and-so let her daughter look at a Disney movie. They're not true Christians. Now what are you doing? You're putting yourself um, set rules that you feel God has given you, which is okay. Your, your personal preference onto somebody else and you're creating bondage in other people. Josh and I were really um, young. I almost said stupid, but we'll just say young. When we first became pastors, we were like 25 as senior pastors, and, and that's wild and crazy. Now, I, I have a couple 25-year-old friends in, in our church, and I'm like, wow. 
<laughs> what we had on us at 25 was a lot. And so there were certain things. We were very, we're passionate people. If you can't tell. And so there were certain things that we took on ourselves. Like there was a season. And I'm only telling you this because I'm not telling you to go do this, okay? As a matter of fact, don't. But we had a season in our life that we felt convicted if we watched any movie that would say the Lord's name in vain. And we got this because we actually watched a Christian movie and we got it from them. So it wasn't even something that we made up ourselves. It was something we saw someone else do. And we're like, oh, let's do that. We're going to be super holy now. And so if it said the Lord's name in vain, this is like before all the technology, we would get up out of the movie theaters and go waste our money and feel like super Christians, right? And we start telling people about that. And then people, and we start encouraging other people to do that. And it wasn't even a God thing. And, and I repent. Now, listen, I don't, to this day, I don't like to hear the Lord's name in vain. I absolutely don't. It is, a, it, it is something that I think is wrong. But I'm not going to, guys, man, we got to be careful. We're so judgmental on other people. I mean, I've seen people judge missionaries because they've gone into um, Buddhist temples and like, how can you be a Christian? Who? The Bible says that the gates of hell, uh, that the enemy will not prevail against the gates of hell. We sh and that we should be forcefully advancing the kingdom. If we're too afraid to go into a Buddhist temple, if God calls us to go into a Buddhist temple because someone's going to judge us, come on, watch out. We're becoming Pharisees. Y'all might have to watch that and rewind because I said that super fast. <laughs> but it's for real though, right? Come on, thank you. We got to be careful. Legalism produces bondage. It fails to produce what? It's defenders seek, and that is to be moral. It doesn't really, really produce real uh, morality. Instead, it produces bondage. The, Paul says in Galatians 5.1, I didn't put this up there. It says to be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. Come on. That is what legalism is. Instead, holiness is a blessing. I obey God because what Jesus says. Obey my words because you love me. Not because I have to, but because I want to. And if God brings something as a personal standard or personal conviction in my life, then that needs to be something that I do out of the love of my heart. And the moment I start looking at other people because they're not doing it is the moment I turn that personal standard, that self-control in my life into legalism. And I better be careful. Because God has called us to be holy. And there's times that it might be okay for you to do something, but not for other people. And that, I mean, we see this all throughout the Bible. I literally do not have time to literally preach on this the way it deserves. Because there's, it's really an in-depth study. But if you look in the Bible, you see there's days that certain people called holy. And there's other days that certain people didn't call holy. There were certain kinds of food that some people didn't eat. And certain kind of foods that other people ate. And they would fight over it. And basically it boils down to what is God speaking to you? Don't then be obedient to what a God is speaking to you and don't judge your brother or sister. Right. See, that's the thing. And I'm glad you said that because oftentimes legalism is bondage because we make non um, heaven and hell issues, heaven and hell issues. Right. And we need to be careful because God has called us to be holy, to be set apart, to be dedicated to him. And that means if you're truly dedicated to God, that means you're always looking out for someone else who doesn't know him or someone else who's weaker in their faith. And you're loving on them and you're letting your life produce fruit. And you're showing them how to live for Jesus by having grace and mercy. Amen. All right. You guys get that one? All right. So the difference between legalism and holiness, another one, number three here, is legalism puts confidence in the flesh. Holiness puts confidence in Christ. Ooh, I'm about to read some scripture. We're going to dig in deep here. Okay, Philippians. Let's go there. Chapter 3. At one time, I, this, this was a verse that it, through our training that we had to memorize, and it's so good. 
Okay, it says, further, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. It's no trouble for me to write the same thing to you again and again. For it's a safeguard to you. Amen. Sometimes we have to hear things more than once. Watch out for those dogs, those evil doers, those mutilators of the flesh. Talking about people who force circumcision on people, mutilators of the flesh. For it is we who are circumcised, we who serve God by his spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus and who put no confidence in the flesh. Though I myself have reasons for such confidence. And Paul said, you know what? I'm just going to show you what not to do by doing it real quick. And he says, if someone thinks he has reason to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day to the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. In regards to the law, a Pharisee. As for zeal, zeal, persecuting the church, and as for righteousness based on the law, he said, faultless. <laughs> but whatever was to my gain, whatever were gains to me, I now consider a loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. And then if you read on, it says, and it's the righteousness of Christ that lives in me. We are made right with God because of Christ, because of Jesus, because of his righteousness. But see, legalism wants to look at our accolades. I've been a Christian for 20 years. I've pastored, pastored planet churches and in, in, in the hood and in the wood. And, and <laughs> here's my standards. This is what I've done. And look at me. Hey, I'm looking kind of holy over here. Legalism. Legalism. Because if I'm doing that to look good, if my confidence is in my flesh and what I've done, even good things, even accomplishments, if that's where my confidence comes from, because I, oh man, and listen, I love to check off goals. I think the reason I'm doing so far so good in my schooling that's online is because they have little things when you finish it, you check it off. It just gives me such satisfaction when I see the dot go to a check mark. I just, I love it. I, yes, I feel so good. <laughs> but I can't have my life be a list of check marks. And think that I'm going to put this before the Lord. And he's going to be like, girl, you holy. Come on in. No, he wants to, he wants to see Jesus in me. Jesus in me. Which means I show mercy. I show grace. Uh, I, I, I walk in love to the Lord. It's not about my confidence. It's not about what I do. My confidence is in Christ Jesus. And guess what? When that happens, when you slip up, because guess what? Guess what? You're going to slip up. Because no matter how hard you try to be perfect through legalism, the law cannot save you. You're going to put a standard on yourself. You're going to say, I'm going to do a three-day fast. It's going to be liquids. And then on that third day, those kids are going to get on your nerves and be like, man, I think it's going to be okay just to eat one sandwich. Thank God I was not saved for my, my two successful days. Yeah, I might be confessing something right now. I might. Thank God my confidence is not in my flesh. The sandwich was good, and I didn't really feel that convicted either. But <laughs> because of grace, and I'm not saying go cheat on all your fast, okay? I'm saying when you do, when you do mess up, when you do have an attitude problem, right? When you do run a red light coming to church because the snow was on the ground, and then you're on the expressway, and you're telling the person behind you, like, you're doing too much. Okay, I'm confessing something else. 
After, and then your 10-year-old points out to you, Mom, are you seriously yelling at that guy in that car when you just ran a red light? Thank God, my confidence is not in my flesh. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. But my confidence is in Christ. And we got to be careful, friends, because the moment we start putting our confidence in our flesh is the moment we start becoming more and more like a Pharisee. Amen? I w- just real quick, there's two types of legalism. Traditions, every church and culture has them. Okay? Some people say, oh, your church isn't as holy as my church because you only go uh, an hour and we go an hour and a half. Back in the day, we went two hours. We're even more holy. Uh, our, our pastor doesn't look at the clock, right? We're more holy than you. Your stuff is programmed. No, man, God can move through it all. I, I personally prefer more of a flexibility in service. You know what? But I know pastors that they have their stuff, and they are holy, godly people. And who am I to judge them? That's between them and God and what they feel like God has called them to do in their church. Sometimes we get out at 11.15. Don't look at the clock. Sometimes we get out at 11.30 because this is really good stuff. It's okay, right? But that's what God has called us to do here. And I can't say this is, this is our tradition here. This is our culture here. And now you're not as good as me over there because you don't do what we do over here. That's confidence in the flesh, not confidence in the Lord. Amen? Another thing that we tend to become, become legalistic in is um, what I call personal preferences or personal convictions. I've shared some of those with you today. I remember one time um, at, our, at our South Hill campus, <laughs> y'all don't even know about Pastor Josh, there was a guy that came up to him, and worship went really, really good. And it went long, probably, probably like 45 minutes or so. And it was really, really good. But Pastor Josh felt the Lord told him, you know, let's sit down. And there's times that, that um, we're going to get there here, but there's times at our South Hill campus that worship has gone so long um, that we were just like, we didn't even preach. We just let worship go because God just already did it, right? This guy who came to Josh had a personal preference that worship needed to go all day. He didn't feel like hearing Pastor Josh preach that day, okay? (laughs) And he came up to, I mean, he didn't say it like that, you know? Uh, But he did come up to Pastor Josh and did what Christians do when they want to have their way and and use the Lord's name in vain and try to manipulate the situation. I believe the Lord told me we're supposed to have worship longer, like all day today. And Pastor Josh looked at this man. And said to him, well, thank you for that. But I also hear from the Lord. As a matter of fact, he might have went a little bit Paul on him and said, I fasted all night long and prayed all night long. And God has set me as a leader over this house. So I believe he's going to share that with me if that's what he wants us to do. And right now, we're going to move on to the word. (laughs) Y'all don't know about him. Oh, he's so hot. Okay. (laughs) Sometimes people just need to be told about themselves. Amen. The person grew from it. He grew from it. He grew. He matured. Because so often we try to manipulate the situation. The Lord told me I need to leave this church. No, you got offended and you left. We're putting our personal preferences, we're turning them into legalism. and, and, And Come on, get it together, guys. Okay, I'm off a little bit, but let's get back on it. All right, so legalism puts confidence in the flesh. Holiness puts confidence in Christ. It's about Jesus. It's about him being glorified. It's not about the attention that I get. It's not about my name, right? It's about Jesus. And, but that means that we have to submit to one another. That means that, you know, sometimes your preference isn't going to be always had. Sometimes the songs are going to be singing, not when Veronica hears, but, you know, maybe other times it might not be your favorite. 
right? That's okay. It's not about your preference. It's about the Lord. Amen. All right, real quick, this is the last one. I had to make sure because I had more. I had to cut them out. I'm telling you, this is like, this is like a long teaching, so, so bear with me just a little bit longer. But difference between legalism versus true holiness is death versus life. This is what it sums up. Because legalism, it produces death. Not just bondage, death. You will not enter heaven through legalism. Jesus Christ is still the same today as he was yesterday. And his word says that I am the way, the truth, and the life. The only way to the Father is through me. If legalism could get you saved, if it was good works that can do it, then Jesus would have never had to die. This was the whole reason for the Protestant Reformation, friends. It was you're not saved by buying your forgiveness through indulgences. You're not saved by your good works You're not saved by your own man-made holiness, which is really legalism. You are saved by faith. You're saved by grace and faith in Christ Jesus. You're saved through grace and by faith in Christ Jesus, friends. Come on. Ultimately, legalism produces death and holiness produces life. Legalism produces death because it makes your good works your savior. And no matter how good you do, like, I could do good for, like, two days, obviously not three. That's, <laughs> I usually mess up by then. <laughs> but guess what? That doesn't save me. It doesn't save you because we're all still sinners, saved by grace. Holiness is about God. It's about his character. It's beca- about becoming more like him. It's literally putting on his character and his nature and taking off our own, our own old sinful nature. Come on, somebody. Holiness brings life and that more abundantly jesus said i came to give you life and that more abundantly that's what holiness does being set apart becoming more like jesus legalism pretends to give you life and it sucks the life out of you it brings death let's not do that let's not do that to ourselves let's not do that to one another amen all right i'm going to recap this real quick holiness is an inward change amen legalism is an outward illusion. Holiness is a blessing. Legalism is binding. It's cursed. Holiness is confidence in the blood of Jesus. Legalism is confidence in the flesh. Holiness brings life. Legalism brings death at first glance. Come on, somebody. They can seem similar because they both stand against sinful behavior. And call for a holy living, but they are completely different. We need discernment in these last days. Amen. Stand to your feet with me if you're able to, please. Thank you for those who are watching online. I believe God wants to set us free. Jesus. Jesus. Father God, I pray for those, especially those who've been saved for a couple decades or longer. God, I pray for those who who have um, dealt with legalism in their lives and not even realize it. I pray, God, that you would give them discernment, that they would see that you want them to have freedom, not to be in bondage. God, I pray you would bring conviction on times that we ourselves unknowingly brought legalism and put legalism on somebody else, that we try to be someone's Holy Spirit for them instead of letting you do the work. 
God, I pray that you would teach us the difference between heaven and hell, true issues, the black and white in the Bible, and those personal preferences, those traditions that we have, and that we wouldn't look at ourselves as better because we worship longer or louder than somebody else. We wouldn't look at ourselves as better because we don't watch certain things that they do watch, but God, that we would walk in grace and know that it's not about what we do, but it's about who you are. God, that you would help us take on your true character, your true nature, and that we would put off our sinful nature. Lord, I bless your people in the name of Jesus that you would help them be holy because your word says, be holy for I am holy. That you would help them take on your nature, your character, that they would walk in the fruit of the spirit, that they would desire relationship with you above the rules, that they would desire to live in freedom, God, and bear fruit, that they would desire to, to obey you even when it's hard, but God, that they wouldn't look at their neighbor like they're better than them. They wouldn't look down on the sinner who is struggling. Instead, we would have mercy, Lord, God, like the good Samaritan, uh, the person who is beat up and don't even realize it, the person who's in bondage and doesn't even know, God, that we would pray for our, our, for our backsliding family, for our lost brothers and sisters, for the lost in our neighborhood, and God, that we would show them the way to Jesus by the way that we live. And God, when you tell us to speak, that we would speak in tenderness and with empathy and with kindness. And God, when you tell us to just listen, that we would do that without judgment. And God, that we would pray like, like we know everything depends on you. And God, when you tell us to work, that we would work and that we would be obedient and that our works would not be because of a place of legalism, but a place of obedience. God, we thank you. We thank you that you're sanctifying your church, that you're setting us apart, that you're making us holy. God, let this teaching bear fruit in your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you guys. If